1: And uh, welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800 938 That's the free phone number if you want to have a chat with uh, Ali. But of course, you can text in WhatsApp 083 311 331. If you're into gardening, towards the end of the programme, we'll be chatting about gardening to Ulta Nesbitt. So if you want to leave a gardening query with us, we'd be delighted uh, with that. Alyssa says, why can't the county councils build uh, modular homes? for the people who are already waiting on housing lists for years to be housed it's disgraceful the length of time that people are on lists to be housed well that's that's for certain and that's a discussion that has happened on this program in fact uh, over the years as well and it's not a case of building modular homes i mean they 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 can be uh, just sourced from, um, Alan Kelly was making the point there that there's um, an outlet in Limer- in uh, Nina that uh, look after mod- modular homes as well. So maybe it's something that should be uh, looked at as part of a solution indeed to our housing uh, issues as well. Lots of people on to us about various different things this morning. Huge agreement with uh, John who spoke to me uh, as well earlier on on the programme and thank you for that. Um, Michael O'Doherty. He's a pioneer in the field of healthcare, best-selling author, who has 28 years' experience in guiding many, many people, indeed, back to health. He's also a very uh, popular guest on the program, and delighted to say that Michael is in studio with me now. Good morning to you, Good Michael. Good morning again, friend. Thank and you. fresh and well you're looking as well. Thank did you. you Thank did you. you have a foggy... Trip, foggy trip,
0: yeah. It was, yeah, it was foggy enough now like on yeah. the way down this morning, you know. But look, once you take your time on the roads, it's it when, you're, when you're leaving, when you come from Limerick outwards anyway, you have no choice but to go slow,
1: you know. Indeed, so. yeah. Uh, yeah many are. people were sitting in cars for hours, uh, sedentary lifestyle. People like me sitting here at computers all day, indeed. The impact on general health, Michael, yeah, of I, that lifestyle.
0: I think we haven't really addressed the real problems associated with the sedentary lifestyle. We hear people talking about it a lot. Uh, sometimes people don't understand the implications of that. Uh, apart from how one's behaviour changes, we'll chat about that. But I think a lot of people don't seem to understand that we have a second heart. And our second heart really are our calf muscles. And the reason that it's, it's called our second heart is because the calf muscles pump the venous blood up to the heart and also pumps The lymph system up as well. So, when you're sitting for prolonged periods of time, and that can be just maybe an hour, two hours, you know, at any one given time, what's happening is the blood and lymph is pooling in the lower part of the body and that means then the, the heart has to work harder to pump uh, blood oxygen and nutrients throughout the body and to the brain in particular uh, and, and particularly in the afternoon this is why we see people who sit a long time really really suffer a lot with fatigue in the afternoon and of course then this leads to behavior so it's really about people beginning to appreciate and understand that every hour at the very least you have to be up and walking around and moving your body or at least getting those calf muscles to squeeze properly so that they can pump those
1: uh, that that blood that venous blood. Well, Michael I never never heard about this. I never knew about that.
0: Yeah, I mean this is the thing this is the thing about it we we, we kind of take it for granted that well, you know, our heart is a, is, is a muscle as well of course like our calf muscles our, ha- our heart does all the work. Well, it actually doesn't. You know, it has to work harder if you don't help it. So, uh, this is something that people need to begin to realize that if we don't learn how our body functions Functions, then we're never going to be able to uh, appreciate why it is we have symptoms, you know, we have swelling and all of that in our legs. And uh, think of uh, elderly people at home, for example, people maybe with diabetes, people with underlying health issues, and they're sitting for prolonged periods of time. Lorry drivers, uh, as you say, people sitting on cars. I mean, if you're uh, on, a, on a flight <clears throat> for anything more than four hours, you run the risk of, of, of throwing off a DVT, a deep vein thrombosis, for example. So the whole idea is that you have to wear socks. Now, the thing is, uh, and this is important, and actually standing... Can be equally as bad if it's for prolonged periods. So if, if you're standing a lot, you need to make sure you're standing on the right uh, mat. So retail
1: workers, mm, retail
0: workers, kind of you know, nurses, absolutely, it, yeah. retail, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, everything is pooling down. Now, if you're walking and moving, then there, there's a, that, That's a help, obviously. But the problem is that if you are standing a lot, then the, the calf muscles. This is why you know women and indeed men get problems with varicose veins. You know because they become they come they come under pressure. And of course, it causes lots of issues. So, yeah, the real key is if you're standing a lot to try maybe wear those socks. As I said, if you're sitting on a plane for four hours, it's not because you're on a plane. It's the fact that you're sitting for that long period of time. And, and the thing is this. Uh, this is the, the surprising thing on the research around this is that you could then be going to the gym twice, three times a week. It has no influence on this. No influence wow. whatsoever. So this is the research that unless you're getting up for probably 10 15 minutes at least uh, every hour to get up and walk around and this is why everybody who comes to my clinic I advise them get an extendable desk so for me in my own clinic I never sit in my own clinic bar I'm doing my work if I'm doing if I'm on the computer if I'm showing people stuff on my interactive screen I'm always standing and I have a rubber mat uh, specifically uh, for the the standing to help with with, with, uh, pressure on the legs so people often say I have restless legs Mm. you know Mm. restless legs syndrome especially at night yeah Yeah. absolutely people often have restless legs because they're sitting down for long periods throughout the day and you think about it, you're you're, you're travelling to work in your car, uh, you're going from your car into your job, you're sitting in your job in front of a desk all, we, all, all day uh, if you're not getting up, you know, after a couple of hours or at least after an hour you're running into problems, then you're driving home, then you're sitting on the couch in the evening, then you're going from there to possibly bed. So when you look at the amount of uh, time that you're active uh, in the modern day uh, then you can see how many problems this can cause. So people with this restless leg syndrome, aches and pains <laughs> in their legs yeah, you know, and, and yeah, you can take magnesium and all of that helps. Magnesium is really, really helpful. Uh, but again, you know, I would advise anybody before they take anything to certainly seek their uh, medical Something advice. Something you
1: said there, though, that is a very big statement because a lot of us who might go to the gym think that that sort of immediately then alleviates all of our issues that we can sit and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. We go to the gym to fix things, but that's not the case. No, anymore. the
0: evidence doesn't suggest that at all. The, while exercise is absolutely brilliant and when it comes to, because it's not just about the, uh, the heart and that but also over prolonged periods if you're not uh, getting proper uh, blood oxygen nutrients to the brain, is this leading to further cognitive decline? So when we look now at the research around cognitive, of the, uh, cognitive decline in younger people uh, we look yeah. at Alzheimer's, dementia uh, you know, these types of conditions uh, we have to appreciate this is something also people don't understand your brain is your biggest vascular organ. It's the biggest, the biggest, the most vascular activity is going on in your brain. So when you think about that, like there are processes in the brain that we don't seem to understand. We think, well, it's a ball of fat or jelly, and we can drop it on the floor and it looks like jelly. It's not at all. It's nothing like that. So when we think that, uh, because when when you start to understand your own body and you understand blood flow, because energy carries blood, blood carries oxygen and nutrients around the body. So if the blood isn't flowing to the brain, so how are you getting your energy? Now, the thing you have to think about here, If the blood isn't flowing to the brain, you're not getting the benefits of the food. So even if you eat good food, if the blood isn't getting to the brain, then you're not getting the oxygen and nutrients. So your brain requires 25% of the energy uh, from your food on a daily basis. Now, that energy has to be the right type of energy, of course. It can't be because the brain requires a drip feed of glucose, not a, a sudden boost of sugar. And energy like, you know, from chocolate, sweets, yeah. biscuits, cakes, yeah. coffee. That's a sudden boost. The brain doesn't like that because then the pancreas secretes high levels of insulin to break that down and ultimately then your brain gets tired again. So it needs a continuous drip of glucose and that has to come from the right sources some fruit and, you know, using the right types of food and all of that kind of thing. And what happens is, you see, that uh, you know, when, when you when what happens really then is that when you're starting to feel tired in the afternoon and the brain isn't, the blood isn't getting to the brain, you're not getting the oxygen and nutrients, well you're getting that dip, that three, four o'clock dip and the automatic thing then is well, the brain learns how you deal with this as you take your sweets, your coffee, your sugar and so on and suddenly then you're into a behaviour and that behaviour then is a dangerous behaviour because we now know that sedentary lifestyle absolutely causes health conditions apart from what we just talked about uh, it causes diabetes, Uh, we know it can lead to heart disease you know so, there's so many different problems. Then, of course, we have a lot of women and people looking to uh, with weight gain because the organs inside they're being fed, they're being you're sitting on them all the time, there's nothing moving. And if you have nothing moving, you have stagnation. If you have stagnation, then you cannot be healthy. So, it's a very unhealthy way of
1: living. It's certainly the kind of education that needs to get out there, isn't it? I mean, there's it, so much it, I've learned from the last 10 minutes here, even.
0: You know? Yeah, and that's it to see. You know, for me, I'm continuously learning, learning, learning. I really want want to figure out more and more about why it is, you know, and I would do a lot of uh, online courses and programs with neuroscientists and neurologists and talk with various vascular professors and, you know, get into the real nuts and bolts and try to bring it, uh, you know, into the public domain in a language that's easy to understand. And as I said to you, look, we're the architects of our own problems, but we don't realize it because like you say, we're not educated to understand, you know, the nature of our behavior on a day-to-day basis. So we absolutely can Prevent a lot of modern day illnesses. Like, we know that exercise now has been shown to, to actually prevent certain types of cancers, for example. We know that exercise is so, so important. And for the brain, it is the one fundamental thing that has really been shown to be very, very effective. But, like, we see a lot of people going away and they're going on diets. We know realistically, the science and the, and the statistics tell us that, you know, the people who go on a diet, just on the diet alone to lose weight or whatever the case may be, we know that only 10% of them only eventually, you know, benefit from that and maintain the weight loss because we're not really looking at the underlying cause of the problem and the neural programming and the way the brain developed and all of that kind of stuff from when we were when we were children. So there's a huge sort of uh, sort of array of issues that one has to look at. And we look at this in our clinics, we look at food as a behavior. And if we don't address our behavior, so people talk about, you know, positive thinking and negative thinking. I would like I often say to people, forget about thinking. Just look at positive behavior and negative behavior. So if people were to get a blank sheet right now, and if they were to put three headings on the top of that sheet, my good behavior, or my positive behavior, my negative behavior, and my aspired behavior. So, your negative behavior, you put down all the things you're doing on a daily basis. You know, we have this urgency lifestyle at the moment. We feel we need to be doing more and more and more and more, mm-hmm. you know, and doing all these things. Look at all the negative behavioral patterns that you have developed. Look at the positive ones. Then look at your aspired behaviors. What would you aspire to be? anybody out there listening to this say, what type of person? What would you aspire to be? What would your ideal pattern of behavior be on a day to day basis? And then what you do is you look at the obstacles to that. And suddenly if you start to change some of the, po- the negative behaviours, look at those and say, well, I could change that. I could reduce this. I could stop that. You know, start, start mm. listening
1: to the subconscious
0: mind and Michael, program. have
1: you thought about, I mean, you know, if you take aspiration, for example, I mean, yeah. we'd all aspire to have a healthy body and a healthy mind and all yes. of that. Why do we destroy ourselves? Why, why are we doing things that we know mm-hmm.
0: Are bad for us. It's a very powerful question. And this is the real question we've got to get into. It's the neural programming. Because from the moment we're conceived, the brain is developing by the first trimester we have, our brain has fully developed. But our brain is fully developing from um, the age uh, from that moment onwards, right up until the, the age of 25. But the brain is always changing and growing. Now, we don't seem to understand this. And we have a process in the brain, uh, glia cells and astrocyte cells, these are continuously cleaning the brain. Just to go back briefly, when you have uh, poor behavior or negative behavior, what happens is we program the brain in that way. Now, this often affects our sleep while we're sleeping if we're not getting into the proper deep sleep restorative state what's happening is that the brain is not able to clean itself so the brain goes through a cleaning process lyre cells and particularly an earlier development is pruning any stress or any trauma in our lives can lead to this disruption and the functioning of our brain's processing and what happens is when uh, our brain processing becomes disrupted uh, then what happens we adapt behaviors from a very early childhood so we program our brain so our default program is that we might say, well, we're on a diet or whatever the case may be. But yet we pull up at a garage and we walk in and we say, actually, have, I'll have that bar of chocolate. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I'm entitled to this. I deserve my treat. This is all a program. This is all a learnt behavior. And the real key is to understand that. And once you, to under, once you start to understand that and get into that understanding of how our brain, you know, neurally wires, you know, that our brain wires and fires, when we understand that we're wired, that we're wired, to fail nearly because of the way we're conditioned as children you know we're programmed nearly to fail because we're programmed not by uh, something that we've decided ourselves but indeed by what others have decided for us and the environment we've grown up in so this is really what happens then and we think then that we can't solve our own problems we think then that we've got to take this pill that pill go on this diet that that diet or the other diet no what happens is unless you get into understanding the ultimate cause of your behaviour you never really are addressing the problem. And often, food is an addiction, and I heard you talking about it earlier on, i a gentleman, but often food is an addiction, like any addiction is an escape from pain. And often when we get into understanding why people have a certain type of behaviour with food, uh, we can really get back into some childhood issues and lots of that kind of stuff that we often see in our clinic. So it can be hugely complex, but this is the real yeah. cure for the problem.
1: The the big fear for many people certainly fear for me because my dad had had a form of dementia um, and that, that is the big thing now isn't it? Yeah. I mean do you put the sedentary lifestyle down as a cause? A contributing factor. A contributing factor. A contributing factor. factor. Okay. Look at the, But there's so many more people yeah, suffering now it appears to me anyway.
0: They are and they're really suffering from that because we need to understand how stress affects the brain. We have failed to like we have breast check Fantastic. Bowel tech. You know, people go and have scopes, scans. uh, We have heart check. But nobody checks the brain. And yet the brain is the organ we're using every day. And we think, well, it just sits inside our skull and it's fine. You know, but yet, if you're suffering from tension and stress all the time, then what's happening is that is going to affect the functioning of the brain. It's going to restrict blood flow. If you're not getting blood flow, oxygen, nutrients to that brain, that brain is going to atrophy. It's going to shrink. Then certain processes in that brain are going to become affected. Okay, and then what happens is memory, in particular the memory area, becomes affected. And this is then why we're having so many problems now. Lack of exercise, lack of mobility. We're seeing the research. We're seeing the research that even though you may be genetic predisposed, okay, Uh, the research is clearly saying we can prevent that we can prevent a true proper lifestyle now a lot of people talk about stress management no it's the wrong word to use life management I like to use. Let's look at your life. How do you manage your life? How are you managing your health? How are you managing your day-to-day living? If you're managing your life, managing your day-to-day living, managing your time, managing your energy, it's about a life management strategy and program. There is no quick fix, no magic wand, no magic pill. There is no cure for these types of diseases. The key here is to prevent these problems. You prevent them through lifestyle. All of the evidence is emerging. I see a lot, lot more medical practitioners, to, you know, and various fields going into this area now because mm. they see the real area. And we see so much money being invested. In, uh, in this country, in, in the health service. But there's nothing going into educating people about what you and I just talked about, where we need to get into mm. the home and, and educate people about this. And this
1: would this. keep us out of the a and E, and it would keep us out of the hospitals. And
0: Absolutely. You know? We have this idea that suddenly dementia or cancer or heart disease or diabetes just drops off the sky, that we wake up one morning and it appears. No. These problems, you know, in our early childhood, mm. these problems can begin from the moment of conception, from womb life, from early childhood living. So we need to begin to understand this early I,
1: li- childhood process. I, I was talking to a professor earlier on about disinformation and misinformation and all of that. Yes. Y- you see, you talk about lifestyle. If you Google about yeah, this, yeah. you are just inundated with all sorts of opinions and all yes. sorts of lifestyle choices and and, and plans and all yeah. of that. How how do you sort out what what is proper.
0: It is a a challenge to people and I'm doing this work uh, over 30 years now and for me it has been trial and error and I think you keep it very simple. There is no one diet. You can go into the keto, the paleo. You can go all on the different diets. It's not going to make any difference. You can use the mindfulness. You can use all of these programs. People say, okay, mindfulness is equal to antidepressants and the treatment of depression. It might be equal to it in how it influences it, but it doesn't still deal with what causes the problem. Yes. So we still have to go back and deal with what causes the problem. What I have found in my clinic to be most effective, simplicity. Keep it simple. Okay, Learn to eat properly. Learn to breathe properly. Learn to be uh, responsible for your health. Be mindful of your behaviours. A little bit of exercise and sleep. If you can eat properly, get proper sleep and do a regular exercise, okay, your life will be changed forever. And it doesn't mean you don't enjoy the niceties of life. You can... Enjoy the niceties of life, but if you're sitting down every day like we've begun this conversation with, if you're sitting down have a sedentary lifestyle, and there is no blood and oxygen and nutrients getting around your body, and you start substituting that energy then with all of the the wrong types of fats and energies and all that, kind of, then suddenly you're going to create the environment
1: for illness, and that's the reality. And talk it. to me a little bit about food. I mean, you you speak about diet and how important mm. that is. I mean, what what are the no nos? I mean, is it sweet stuff? Is well, it well? There's no, look at excess. The, all, again, all the research is there the type of, of,
0: of food that we're living in today because of the convenient living everything is packaged and processed and yes. that's the problem it's the packaged and processed foods now you go to any supermarket and you walk down the aisles and you put all of the packets and the bottles and the tins and the cans and parents are investing money in this and their children this doesn't feed your brain this doesn't feed your body so we're either investing money in our illness or we're investing money in our health so the key is we need to eat fresh food Cook it and eat it. This is what we have to do. People will say, oh, I don't have time. You better make time. Because if you don't make time to eat fresh food, go in, have your fruits, your vegetables, go to your butcher, buy your fresh meat, cook it, sit down as a family, communicate. One of the biggest things that has happened, I know you alluded to it earlier in a, in a previous conversation, you were talking about COVID and we taught X, Y about COVID and COVID give people a little hint of this. But the, the, the biggest breakdown in our society has been community. That's been the biggest breakdown because when I grew up, and you grew up, Fran, we grew up in a community, we played GA, food was fresh, there wasn't mobile phones, you know, we went to the garden, we cooked fresh food, you know, there were a lot of expectations, all of this kind of, our model of living was totally different. Now, we're living a model of, we have a model of living that is all about convenient living, convenient eating, convenient living. And if we're going to be pumping sugars and the wrong types of fats into our body, that's the big thing. If you could minimize the sugar, uh, particularly in, 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 into, in your diet, if you could eliminate the processed foods, just, I'm not going to be specific, okay. but if you could eliminate all the processed foods, buy fresh food, cook it and eat it, and no microwave, you're changed. It'll be a massive difference. Now, that takes time and effort. But people, I do it at home. I have to do it at home. I'm not going to come in here and talk this language yeah. n- unless I do it. So getting up in the morning, have your poached eggs, have your boiled egg, have your oatmeal, put your fruit in. there, nothing wrong with that. You know, having your soup for dinner, maybe a tuna sandwich or something like that and maybe spelt bread. In the evening, having your stir fry or, you know, <clears throat> all healthy veg and your meat and, or your stews or something like that you want. to But so healthy, wholesome food that gives you energy. But what we're doing is, all day long, if you listen to the stories that I listen to in my clinic, yeah. and uh-huh. I say to people, do you eat okay? And they say, oh yeah, our food is healthy. And when we sit down with them, they're not eating. They're not, and then they wonder why they're tired and sick and they've no energy and they're stressed and they've headaches and they've all these problems.
1: Jerry uh, wants to know, what do you think about alcohol? Where healthy living is concerned. I mean,
0: well, well and, and all in moderation, Jerry yeah. We do see the link between excessive alcohol and disease. We we know the links between that and cancers. We know the links between alcohol and um, and dementia, for example. We know there is a there is a there is a link. However, drinking at home has the research shows that drinking at home has a worse effect than drinking in a bar.
1: Is that because of measures? Be-
0: no, it? because of the social can- activity. Whatever way, the research has shown that if people are out having a few drinks in a pub, having a chat and, and a crack with the lads, the body seems to be able to handle it different. Whereas if you're sitting down at home and you're looking at a screen and you're drinking it has a much more negative impact on the body. This is recent well, research. Am I
1: looking very guilty here, so, I wonder? <laughs> so, somebody making a very good point as well in terms of natural food, and you speak about natural, fresh food and yeah. all, but how natural and fresh can the food be when the soil is often poisoned? And, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You look at, air pollution and all, it's yeah, a good point, isn't it, it? It is a very good point. Yeah. I
0: mean, look at, uh, when we look, at when we look at the fruit we we're buying in our health shops, or in our v- veg shops, sorry, uh, you know, we're clearly seeing that this stuff has left some other uh, country maybe three months ago. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, this is where we are. You know We are at that point because of population because people are forced out to work people don 't grow their food anymore. Look at you know we could spend a lot more time and having our own little greenhouse if we had that possibility out the back but real, the reality is. In a lot of supermarkets now, in fairness to the likes of Tesco's and Super Valley and Dunn's and all those and, and Centra's and all that, we do see they are making more effort in getting as much organic food as we, yes. as we can. And people would say, oh, God, Michael, organic food is expensive. Listen, guys, if you think health is expensive, try illness. The cost, if you get ill to yourself, to your health, to your family, you know, it's huge. So don't value, uh, you know, uh, don't value yourself on the basis that, well, you know, it's too dear to buy it because the implications are huge. You know, I don't know if anybody has watched the program on Netflix called Living to 100 or Live to 100. It clearly demonstrates that, you know, it's all about our model of living and if we have a proper life management program and we learn to manage our lives strategically and smartly, we can prevent... Right. A lot
1: of illnesses. Somebody trying to drag you into controversy here. What does Michael think about red meat?
0: Now and again, the absolutely excessive red meat. There are, there are problems associated with red meat, again. But again, to go back to this question, uh, there are people who smoke a lot and who don't get lung disease. Right. There are people who eat a lot of red meat who will, will, it'll have no impact on them. Everything in moderation. The bigger problem here when it comes to food is about metabolism. If you're stressed and anxious what happens is it disrupts the digestive function, which means you cannot process the food properly and then it becomes a toxin. So then we associate the food with the disease. Do you get what I'm saying to you?
1: Very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: no, the food is not about what you eat. It's about what you don't excrete or it's about what's eating you. So, our again, the research tells us that our body has the ability to metabolize that food you know, if it's all in moderation. So mix it up. You can have your vegetarian stuff. You can have your, uh, you know, your, your, your meat and put everything in balance. Have your chicken, whatever. You know, have it in balance. This is people get into this extremist. If people spent more time concerning themselves with their emotional stress and finding time to unwind because that's the biggest thing. People, society's wound up. If we could get people to spend more time unwinding, and this is what we find working with the energy system in the clinic, that it has the ability to unwind the patient, to reset the patients, all the different systems and then the body from there can begin to handle a lot of things.
1: Very good and it will a huge interest in our conversation today. If people want to talk to you, meet you Michael, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, well com is our website or Francis, you can give her a call on 08767 21888 and we'd only be too delighted to help and I just want to thank the people from Tipperary who've come to the clinic and I'm hoping that it's benefiting them so I really really appreciate
1: it we do our best for them. Always great to see you always great to have you on the show. Thanks very much indeed uh, Michael. We'll take a break, we're back with more in just a moment